We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. Good morning, this is Pastor Matt Youngblood-Clark uh, coming to you from Ascension Lutheran Church in South St. Louis. And, and here with is, me is... Oh yeah, our Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky uh, coming to you from my office here in New Athens, Illinois. The South Office. The South Office, that's right. Because <laughs> you know what? They still got snow on the ground up in Northfield, Minnesota. So well, that's what I hear. Yeah, yeah I heard, yeah. you know, as we record at least, there was just some significant snow up there in the yep. Twin Cities. And well, this is new to me. Maybe you know this, John. But yeah. the snow removal there, I guess you pay by the inch. Oh, so is pay, that right? You pay by the depth of snow, which I didn't realize. I just heard that from someone up in Minnesota. No, I didn't know that either. <laughs> That's, well, all the more reason not to be up there. <laughs> I, I agree. That's right. Just let that stuff melt on its own. That would be my attitude. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Especially if they're going to charge by the inch. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yikes. Yeah, that could be steep. No, no. St. Louis is far enough north for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. We could even go a little further. Further south, I guess, although we've had some pretty weather. But by the way, before we go any further, Matt, now I know we kind of made a pledge that we wouldn't be doing any any jokes during during Lent. That's kind of a tradition we follow. However, uh, knock, knock, <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? Nobel. Nobel who? You got Nobel. That's why I knocked. <laughs> <laughs> so is the rule to, to not tell jokes or just not tell jokes that are funny, John? <laughs> That's it. That's exactly my we, point. We, Thank we, you. We can tell jokes as long as they're not too funny. Right. And we, so we're pretty much safe then. <laughs> we're safe. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, that was my wife's knock-knock joke. She's got this calendar. So, you know, and if we if we let them fall behind for six weeks, we'll never get caught up, man. Oh, my goodness. We'll have to have an episode <laughs> right. of Just Knock-Knock Jokes. And no one wants that. Yeah. Oh. No one wants that. That's for sure. <laughs> no one wanted one knock knock joke, <laughs> little less a whole. St- I'm sorry because you left us hanging with some really, really important stuff, though, Matt. Yeah. So as we journey together in this 40 day season of Lent, uh, like it or not, <laughs> we're in Lent. And uh, one of the accounts that gets us started on that journey is Jesus' temptation in the wilderness. So last week we talked about those parallels to those 40 days of the Israelites in the wilderness and how they oh, they fail miserably and they sit and grumble and complain. And yet Jesus, he does it perfectly. He resists the temptations of Satan. And he does it all for us as the the term we used last week, a servant of the people, uh, a servant of us. Uh, He does it for us. Uh, We also talked about how uh, Jesus is identified as the son of God before he goes in the wilderness at his baptism. And even in that genealogy, as you pointed out, John, that ends with uh, Jesus as the son of Adam, the son of God even. Uh, And then the Satan gets him to, to, to doubt what he now does as the son of God. So I thought, well, let's... 
and yeah, you know, Matt, if you if you read from the beginning of Luke, yeah. he's just emphasizing all the time that Jesus is the Son of God, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, when when they they go into the temple, and you've got that whole thing with Simeon, you know, saying this is the one that has been appointed, uh, and and then you've got the angels declaring the glory of God, a Savior has been born to you. You got the angel coming to Mary and say, you know, you're going to have a child who will be the Son of God. So it's not like this is a new thing in the gospel of Luke. He said it over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know, and he, I think it kind of, it really comes to an head at the cross, right? So oh, at the cross right, in yeah. Luke's gospel and in other places too, you have, uh, if you are the son of God, right, come on down off the cross. Yeah. Um, the, the centurion finally at, at, on Good Friday says, truly, this was the son of God. So that's really, I think, where it comes to a head. Okay, who is Jesus? Who is this guy who's hanging bloody and beaten on a cross. Well, it's it's the son of God still. <laughs> and the reason he doesn't come down is because he's the son of God. He's there and, to and fulfill the mission as the son of God. And yep. that's that's the issue, isn't it, Matt? What does it mean to be a son of God? And, and that's exactly uh, the temptation that Adam and Eve put, uh, or the devil rather put to Adam and Eve, and it's exactly the temptation that the devil is putting to Jesus here yeah. in the wilderness too. What does and, that oh, and mean? Then, and then, yeah, yeah, and then what does it mean for us to be sons and oh, daughters yeah. of God? Yeah. Uh, what does that mean for our life? How do we live out that identity? And, well, Jesus tells us that too, take up your cross and follow me. Um, that's that's a large part of it uh, in this world. Uh, okay, well let's let's get in the actual temptation text, John, if you want. Um, so it, it's chapter four of Luke's gospel, beginning with verse one. But yeah, whatever comments you want to make as we go along, John, go ahead. I want to save my comments, especially to the very end. But okay. as we go along, feel free to to jump in and share whatever you like. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days, and when they were ended, he was hungry. And I suppose you would be. <laughs> yeah, for 40 days. I, I have yeah, trouble getting from day. breakfast to lunch sometimes. <laughs> 40 days, okay? The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Yeah. So, again, seems innocent enough. Oh, let's take, turn a stone and rock into bread. What? That doesn't, well, that's not going to hurt anyone. But but wait a second. Uh, the devil has an ulterior motive here. Yeah. Uh, he wants to, he, he wants to control Jesus. He wants to distract Jesus from his mission. Um, and Jesus, each time he comes back with, with scripture, right? It is written. Oh, yes. yes. Man shall not live by bread alone. Um, so Satan, as we'll see, he twists scripture. He, he, you know, I think that's pretty remarkable. Satan knows what the Old Testament says. He knows, he knows the Hebrew scriptures. Um, he doesn't believe them, right? He, he, no. he doesn't have faith, but it, he knows them and he twists them and he twists God's word and uh, ever so slightly sometimes, but still twisting it. And Jesus comes back and replies with that true, uh, faithful word of the Lord. Yeah. So, so uh, Pastor Bittner, my my pastor, uh, he pointed out that this could be translated since since you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. Mm-hmm. And, and if you think about it, well, that makes sense. I'm God. I'm hungry. Well, why not? Why not just take this this these stones and make them into bread? You can do yeah. that. You know, um, and and you can kind of see that 
too with Adam and Eve. You know, well, if oh, you yeah, know, exactly. you're going to be the same. Well, here, just eat this fruit. Yeah, sure, no that's big deal. It, yeah, that's then you then you'll be even more like God than you are now. Um, so it, again, it's that whole issue about what does it really mean to be God? And, and, and we would think, oh man, if I'm God, I'd have, I'd have all the food I want. I'd be healthy. Uh, you know, I'd have a big fancy mansion and two or three really expensive. Cause yeah, that's what you'd want if you were God, isn't it? So that's kind of the temptation that underlies this. Uh, is that what it is to be the son of God? To just yeah. be able to have any good thing you want right there? Just snap your fingers? So, yeah. Exactly. What kind of savior? What kind of servant? What kind of son of God are you going to be? Ooh, yeah. See, now yeah. you're going back to that servant stuff again. Yeah. Matt. Yeah. 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 Well, good. Good, John. Let's let's keep going and right. uh, read the next temptation. Verse five. And, and the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And said to him, to you, I will give this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I will give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Yeah. So what a phony, <laughs> the devil, <laughs> promising the world, right? As if it's his to give. And then Jesus faithfully replies again, it is written. Uh, worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Again, uh, quoting scripture, uh, coming back with the word of the Lord. And maybe that's instructive for us, too. Uh, maybe think of the armor of God, right? Uh, the, the, we take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Uh, that's a great defense against the devil. And you know, Matt, I, I'm going to throw something out that I'm sure you don't have an answer for, and I don't, but maybe one of our listeners does, and, and they can uh, send us a uh, email there via KFUO, because uh, you're right. I mean, obviously, one of the things you get out of the temptations is the Scripture, and, I, and, and you did that whole thing about the armor of God, so rem thank you for reminding us of that, that uh, it's the, the, the Word of God, that's the sword, that's what we take up. That's our only offensive weapon against the devil. And Jesus, of course, does that repeatedly. But you know what's interesting? In Luke's account, he doesn't quote the whole passage. He just says, man shall not live by bread alone. He leaves out the last half of that where it says, uh, but by every word of God. Yeah. 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 So I don't know why that is, because that's in Matthew's account. But for whatever reason, Luke leaves it out. And again, I have no explanation, but maybe someone a lot brighter than you and I does. And let us know. Let us know what your thoughts are on that. Uh, I, I, anything else, though, Matt? Yeah. No, I, I think that's good. That, that covers it. Let's, uh, yeah, let's get on to temptation number three. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are, are, since you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, it is said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Yeah. So, you're, you know, Satan does here in Luke's gospel, this is the time where he does quote the scriptures, yeah. Satan himself, yeah. right? But but again, he twists them around and he uses this, this beautiful promise of protection and, and defending and even the, the angel's care. And he twists it into putting God to the test, truly. You know, okay, God, you promised that? Well, prove it. Um, and Jesus calls him on it. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. You know, thanks be to God for his protection. You know, thankful for the angels. That doesn't mean we go throwing ourselves off of buildings uh, to, to put that to the test to see if, if God's really going to 
keep his word or not. No, he most certainly does. But don't put him to the test. And, and Jesus replies with those words. And and what's really cool about those verses that that the devil quotes there about commanding his angels on their hands, they will bear you up. Uh, and, and again, if you were a Jew listening to this or anyone who had a knowledge of the Psalms, uh, it's actually the same same passage. They're both from Psalm 91. Uh, the first is verse 11, and the second is verse 12. But what's interesting is he leaves out the middle of the verse, okay? So he's quoting it word for word, but he leaves out the middle of the verse where it says he will command his angels concerning you in all your ways, okay? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which is to say, as long as you're you're walking in the way God has provided, sure, his angels will take care of you. But on the other hand, when you depart from the ways that the Lord has given you, all bets are off. Doesn't mean God doesn't love you, right? God's still caring for you, watching over you, concerned about you. But if you're a prodigal son and you take your money and you go waste it on wine, women, and song, and you end up feeding pigs and wishing you could eat the pig's food, that ain't God's problem. That's because his angels were taking care of you, but you departed from the ways the Lord provided. Uh, it's trust, convenient. Yeah. Go, no, I was going to say, trust me, if you jump off the pinnacle of the temple, you're probably going to go splat on the ground because <laughs> that's yep. not the way God provided to get that's down right. from pinnacles. So, so it just yeah. tickled me because it's right there. It's just as obvious as could be that he leaves out something from the scripture. But uh, it's like you said before, he's really, really smart. He loves to quote the Bible. He just doesn't like to quote all the Bible. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out because, again, it's just it's convenient that he left that out. <laughs> that was yes. intentional on Satan's part. Uh, great point. Uh, he leaves that little part out, but yet it's so important. And that's why we need the whole word of the Lord. Yeah. And, and you know, there's another thing, though, here that would, it, it makes sense. Again, since you're the son of God, you don't need to wait for the elevator, right? <laughs> That's what people do. You're the son right. of God. Just you're better than jump. that. Yeah. You're, oh, thank you, man. You're better than that. Yeah. That's right. All right. Yeah. So, but again, like we pointed out last week, he, Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve, right? Again and again, yeah. we see that. So what, what I really wanted to pick up, John, is the what the next verse is, verse 13. Because I think sometimes we overlook verse 13. We have the devil's words, we got the temptations, we got Jesus' replies, and that's all very, very, very important, right? Uh, but verse 13, I think it's interesting what happens next. Would you mind reading that for us? I, I, and here's the thing about verse 13. See, yeah. everything we've talked about so far, you could have got from Matthew. All right. I, I mean, essentially, Matthew gives us the same details, yeah. uh, a little different order in terms of how the temptations are, are given. But here's Luke's, Luke's unique contribution to the story. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what a detail. Um, so, G. Jesus defeats Satan here. Okay. Yeah. This is the devil scrams. Jesus remains faithful these 40 days in the wilderness. Uh, he leaves, departs, it says, but then it says, till an opportune time, until an opportune time. So Satan is not done with Jesus yet. Uh, Satan's just biding his time. He's just waiting till an opportune time. And, you know, as we read through Luke's gospel, I don't think it explicitly tells us when those opportune times are. You know, it doesn't say, well, now it was an opportune time for Satan to tempt Jesus. Yeah. Um, but, you know, as you think through the Gospels, as you think through the rest of the Gospel of Luke, can you think, John, what, what would you identify 
and some of those opportune times where Satan came back and really tempted Jesus once again. Well, well you've got at least two explicit instances. Yeah. Uh, and that is one, of course, where uh, Satan enters uh, Judas. Yes. Yeah. It says specifically um, that. Exactly. The one who betrayed him. And then you also have Jesus telling Peter that he's going to be sifted by Satan. So yeah. at least you've got two explicit references uh, in Luke. Uh, but what what other things do you see, Matt? Well, I thought they're I, I, exactly right. You know, I think those are great examples. The other one, I think, is that um, in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, oh, the, yeah. the night of his arrest, and Jesus, oh, you know, his sweat like drops of blood. And, you know, Father, if this is your will, take this cup from me and not my will, but yours be done. Wow. Um, that's probably an opportune time for Satan too, I'm guessing. Um, you know, I, and I and, think, and Matt, I don't yes. mean to interrupt you, but it just occurred to me, see, it's exactly the same pattern we have here that he's suggesting that, that, well, if you're the son of God, you don't want to suffer, yeah. right? Yeah. Pray to your father exactly. to take this away from you because you no, know, God isn't supposed to suffer. Okay. I'm yeah. sorry. No, I agree. And then even yeah. at the cross itself, when, if you're, you know, if, if you really oh, are who yeah. you say you are, come down off the cross. So even at the cross, Satan, I don't, he hasn't given up yet. You know, he, uh, he's still trying to distract Jesus from his mission. Um, and, and Matt, see again, cause that's explicitly the thing, isn't it? If you are a God, yeah, uh, then, yeah. then come down from the cross. The same, same as we had here. Good, good exactly. Yeah. So I think, you know, one way to put it, I think, is, is as I read through the Gospels, at least, the closer Jesus gets to the cross, the more and more Satan sees those opportune times to tempt. And boy, we, we, we certainly seem to see that's the case. And most of the examples we gave, they were leading up to the cross. And uh, that seems to be the case. Um, and and, and we, we could give just one more example. Yeah. I, I don't mean to mislead you, but I, I believe that Luke is also the one that constantly has people coming up to Jesus to, quote, put him to the test. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But you're right. It's all culminating in the cross, though, isn't it, Matt? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And we know the end of the story, thankfully. We have the rest of the Gospels, right? We have the rest of the New Testament. We know full well thanks be to God, uh, that Satan's opportune times are unsuccessful. Uh, Jesus goes to the cross. He is a servant of the people. He is the Savior. He he does die. He rises. He ascends. He defeats Satan. Um, and when you think about it, he's is at the right hand of God the Father. He promises to return one day. And really, there are no more opportune times for Satan to tempt mm. Jesus. I mean, Jesus... He did it, right? Yeah. Mission yeah. accomplished. And we, we look forward to the consummation of that when he returns. Thanks be to God. Uh, the devil really is, you know, in that regard, he's powerless. Uh, Jesus accomplishes mission. Uh, but I think then what, what's important for us to recognize is um, Satan can still tempt us, yeah. <laughs> right? And for us to think about what are those opportune times where Satan comes and he tempts us. He tempts us to, to get us to doubt our identities as sons and daughters of God, uh, to doubt whether we are really called to uh, to serve others or to be served by others. Uh, he tempts us uh, today. Um, and uh, you know, all sorts of examples of that too, John. Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, we just had Ash Wednesday, right? Not too no. long ago, that began the beginning of Lent. And we receive ashes on our foreheads and they're in the shape of the cross, the cross. right? That's, that's at least what we do here at Ascension is the shape of the cross. But, you know, I, I was thinking through that. And, you know, in some ways, those ashes could have been in the shape of a target <laughs> right on oh, our foreheads. Yeah. Because 
that's that's exactly the case that Satan targets tempts Christians who bear the cross of Christ and especially maybe during this season of Lent we're targets uh, Satan is out to tempt us uh, to tempt us to to stop loving our, our Lord and God right but also to stop loving one another um, and just to know that to realize that uh, I think is is a great defense to be aware of that that again, you can't tempt Jesus anymore. No, Jesus, Jesus, he's died, he's rose, right? Uh, he did what he came to do, but he can certainly still tempt Jesus' followers today. Yeah. And and, and I think it's interesting how he does it because he tempts us to do things that we know are wrong. And mm -hmm. once we've done them, whether it be just in, in thought, uh, if not word and deed, then he comes along and says, well, see, you're you're not a son of God, are you? Because the Son of God wouldn't do something. The Son of God wouldn't think that way, see? Yeah. And expect that a whole temptation if if you are the sons of God. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So so as we as we wrap up, John, I want to suggest three things we can do okay. then. Three things to, to avoid that temptation, overcome that temptation during those opportune times. You know, and, and really these these things aren't even what we do. They're things that God does for us. Yeah. So yeah. the first thing is uh, remember our baptism. Okay. Um, in, in baptism, we're connected to Jesus. We're connected to the only one who has perfectly resisted the temptations of Satan and who did it for us. So again, remember our baptism. And, and like you pointed out, John, remember identities, our identities uh, as a baptized child of God. And, and you know, it's interesting, Matt, at, at Jesus' baptism, the Father said, this is my son. And at our baptism, the Father said the same thing about us. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Yes. Uh, the, the, number two is um, put on the armor of God. We mentioned that already. And again, this is something Jesus, God does for us. It's yeah. the, the armor of God, not our armor, but that's what it's there for. Uh, Ephesians 6, it says, um, it, it says there, put on the armor of God so that you can stand against the devil's schemes. Uh, and that's why we wear it. Uh, yeah. So we put on those things like the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, the word of God. Uh, put on the armor of God to defend against the devil's schemes and his temptations. And you can check out our previous podcast exactly on that issue if you're interested. Please so, do. We yeah, unpack yeah. each one of that piece of armor. And then number three, um, when the devil tempts, it's an opportune time for us to, to pray, uh, to pray. Mm -hmm. and, and maybe that's the best defense of all. I think, again, the Garden of Gethsemane, the night of Jesus' betrayal and arrest, what does he tell Peter, James, and John to do? He tells them to pray, to pray right? Yeah. And he even says, pray so that you will not fall into temptation temptation yeah so it exactly. seems as though if the devil's tempting us maybe the very best thing we can do of all is is pray at least that's what jesus instructs his disciples to do and certainly he would instruct us to do the same and as you pointed out in the lord's prayer we pray that right lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil and when we pray that prayer it doesn't fall on deaf ears our father in heaven hears it and and he does indeed guard us. And I, I think too, as you know, John, you know, when it says, um, deliver us from evil in the Lord's prayer, really, that could be translated, deliver us from the evil one. I mean, that can really be yep. deliver Singular us from, masculine. From That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, um, three, three defenses, three defenses that God gives us. Remember your baptism, put on the armor of God and pray, pray. And, and specifically even pray that Lord's prayer with confidence that, that the Lord answers and will deliver us from the evil one. 
So and, yeah, that's what I have, John. Any any other last comments? Well, I was just going to say, and so so we know the devil's going to tempt us. There's there's no getting around that. Mm-hmm. He did it to Jesus. Do you think we'll be different as the sons of God? Nope. But I like that reference to prayer. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Okay, the devil will tempt us, but the Lord, the Lord isn't going to let us go into temptation, and He certainly is going to deliver nope. us from evil. Yeah, yeah, the same, the same one who overcame Satan in the wilderness, Jesus Christ, uh, will not let us be overcome either. Uh, but He will guard, defend us, deliver us from evil. That's that's the prayer Jesus taught us. And if He taught us to pray those words, I'm pretty confident He's going to answer that prayer and and do exactly what we ask of Him. And what a beautiful way then to begin the uh, uh, season of Lent every year with that reminder that uh, the devil's real, temptation is real, but our Savior is even more real. Uh, Thank you, Matt. Amen. This has been Wrestling Wrestling with with the the Basics.